So, folks, the State of the Union just finished up. Um, actually, just about a couple minutes ago, finished up as I'm starting to record this, that in the response. But I think I should start off first with the situation for the Democrats here. Now, a lot of people will criticize Biden's presidency. 39% approval rate. 39 and 56% of the country calling him a failure. Those are not some good rates. And granted, I'd, I'd say during his presidency, he has not had a good one. It's just been a PR nightmare so far. The very beginning, the very first thing, major thing that happened, was the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, which, again, I have an episode on that one, and it was a bunch of people's fault, but then COVID-19, Biden still, even during the address, I, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but was pumping himself up about how good they had done during the presidency of keeping COVID under control. Granted, it was already a mess when he walked in. And as much as Trump likes to brag about how much he did for it, which during his administration, it did, COVID response was, I'd say, pretty well handled, personally. But Biden's was an absolute disaster because there was the restrictions didn't go away. COVID cases didn't stop just overnight when Biden, you know, came into office and he kept being like, oh, yeah, we're slowing it down. To be honest, COVID-19 itself slowed down. Then all the variants started popping in, and I'm kind of sick of those. And vaccination, you know, it's still going strong. But all the vaccination requirements, mass mandates, lockdowns, have become incredibly unpopular. Incredibly unpopular. And just inflation? That went crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, and how could I forget, the biggest crisis of 2022 so far has been the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That was front and center, front and center tonight, in the midst, if I'm not mistaken, it's been about a week, week, it's been a couple days, maybe, maybe a week, since Russia first invaded. So that was front and center for everyone. As if you looked, you could see a lot of people with Ukrainian flags wearing blue or yellow. Even the Ukrainian ambassador was there. But, again, the, with the 2022 election coming up, the Democrats needed a miracle. There is almost no shot in my mind going into this that some miracle is going to happen and the Democrats' approval rates are just going to shoot up no matter what was said it's 
the Democrats are going to get destroyed this November. It's going to be interesting to watch, but it's not going to be fun for them. Now, we should probably get started on the actual address. So, the address started, actually, a little bit late, which was good for me because I came home late, so... But anyway, after the start, the first thing that was brought up was, of course, Ukraine. Because, again, like I just said, that was front and center. He was talking about how sanctions that they were doing were doing their job. They were finding these oligarchs who were financing the war and all that. Finding their possessions and bringing them down. Bringing them to justice, which, fair they have been doing. So, this one's not just talk, and just utterly destroying the ruble, which, yeah, again, has happened. And it's saying that, don't worry, no matter what happens, the American economy will come first, and that it will stay safe. Which, granted, is a pretty good reassurance. And also that he would give out an absolute ton of oil that a bunch of countries would give out oil to help with Russia being embargoed, which, granted, not my personal favorite of solutions, but it's really good still. Because we've got less oil coming from Russia. That was the main problem with a lot of countries in Europe. Russia had them by the throat on natural gases and oils and all that. They needed those to survive. And then he moved on to his second topic after saying that U.S. troops were there in NATO and not going to help with Ukraine except for just kind of sitting there making sure NATO wasn't hurt. But then he started talking about pandemic aid. And I should say throughout this entire thing, if Biden could make a shot at Trump, he did it so many times. Honestly, it kind of felt like him saying, like, we may be bad, but we weren't as bad as the other guy, and it's mostly his fault we were bad. Which, eh, I guess. But he specifically called him out with pandemic aid. Instead of it going to the small people that are struggling to get by, it went to the rich mega corporations. That were just, oh yeah, we'll, we'll take your money, we'll take your money. Um, he said specifically that they were going to keep fighting the corruption and fraud of that. And he said that vaccines, they would keep rolling out vaccines, they would keep up with COVID. And instead of living with COVID, they would defeat COVID, they would destroy it. Then he started talking about the economy and said that they're going to create new jobs, new bills that'll pass, that'll make the environment better, that'll add new infrastructure. And specifically, his environmental bill was on clean water and electric vehicles. He also said that they were trying to get high-speed internet to places all across the U.S., which, hey, that's pretty cool. And then he said that they wanted to keep American infrastructure in the United States. They didn't want to keep sending things to China, keep buying from China, keep the money, keep the manufacturing 
in the United States. He said that they wanted to research new technology. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I should also point out that him stuttering was prominent throughout the entire thing. But really, it wasn't that bad. I'd say I'd probably do worse, so. And he said that they were going to make a new factory. I can't remember for the life of me who it was that he said. I didn't catch it during the actual thing either, but that it would create 369,000 jobs. 369,000. That's quite a couple, I'll say. And then... Inflation. Again, one of the big issues walking into this. He said, front and foremost, that they wanted to lower the costs of items, not the wages. Because at the heart of it, if they took down the average individual, that would only make inflation worse. So they wanted to help limit costs. Like, again, with the other point... They wanted to make more American products, put Made in America on as many things as they possibly could. And he said specifically, building a better America. And how he would do this was, they'd cut drug costs. They would put caps on insulin. $35 for insulin. 35 That is amazing. Insulin costs just $10 to produce, and has been costing people hundreds of dollars just to live. And now they're going to make it $35. If this bill gets passed, I will say it will be the greatest achie- one of the greatest achievements of Biden's administration. By far. I just really hope it is. And then energy costs. They want to, again, more stuff in America... So that way, they can stop having to pay for Chinese or foreign materials. They can keep electricity production, become self-sustaining in the United States. Which will also help through renewables. He said, like, solar and wind and the sorts. Personally, I think nuclear is a great option, but that's not something he addressed. And then cutting childcare costs. He says that in larger cities, it costs upwards of $14,000 for childcare per child. That's kind of of a bit. Kind of a bit. Just a little bit. And cheaper housing. Like I said earlier, we recently moved. And it's, it's expensive. It's expensive. So, you know, that's pretty good. Housing is pretty important for the U.S. There's quite a decent homeless population. Though, granted, in my mind, one homeless person is is a tragedy. Um, hold on, just reading my notes ahead. Oh, yes. They wanted to then, he said, tax those that make more than $400,000 a year. Instead of the, oh, these guys are super rich, so, you know, 
They're just gonna not pay taxes. Again, if these aren't just empty promises, this will be good. Biden, if he keeps his word, will would be a pretty good president, I'd say. Not the best, but a pretty good president. And then taxing the rich, you know, I just said that, and prosecuting pandemic fraud, which I put out earlier. It's the the people who profited the most off the pandemic should be able to pay. Granted, if he had turned around to the person at his left, Nancy Pelosi, again, I'm not discussed here by Biden, but I think, um, you know, the Senate members and that sort shouldn't be able to buy stocks, but that's just my opinion. And that people who profited the most during COVID should be the ones paying the most. The tax, the rich need to pay their fair share instead of, you know, going to space because they can. And then I put in my notes, Biden the trust buster, because he was saying that capitalism... He's a capitalist. Capitalism, though, without competition, is just exploitation, which I'd say is pretty fair, pretty true. And then he said that unions would be protected, that if a majority of people in a company wanted to strike, they would be protected. And then more about COVID. I'm not sure if it was just my note-taking that was really scattered, or my brain, or just him Probably me, but this seems very out of order. Though I'm pretty sure it was all under the same thing, I'm just really bad at note-taking. He wanted to finish COVID off, get it out of America the best they could. He said pushing through vaccines, and that they could make a vaccine for a new variant in a year. Which, I'll say, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. And then he wanted to say they'd prepare for new variants, get ready to protect America. Like I said, a new vaccine in a year is just absolutely incredible. Keep monitoring it, all that. And then reopen schools and jobs. So building back better. Because that's honestly really important. A lot of schools and a lot of jobs closed down due to COVID. And brings us up with something later, but it was awful for students. Absolutely awful. So I just hope it sticks with it. They keep opening it up. I mean, if they don't, the Republicans will by the end of the year. Or next year, I believe. And then... Holding counts, holding cops accountable. I can read. I trust me. I can read. Instead of defunding the police, he wanted to fund the police to make sure they had the resources to keep in check. You know, training, cameras, all kinds of resources to make sure police do well. That's that's awesome. Personally, that was. I believe it was Colorado. I'm not sure why I said that so weird. But Colorado is it said they had they had body cams on officers and if you shut them off you were instantly fired. 
no matter what the cause. And personally, I think that's the best course of option. Don't defund the police. Keep them in check. Put body cameras on them. Get monitors. Make sure they're doing their job. Don't let corruption and power go to people's heads. Make sure they're always remembering that they need to do their job. They need to protect the communities they live in. And then, yeah, funding the police and helping stop senators and all kinds of people from subverting votes, trying to get as many people out of voting as possible. And then I had this note. Uh, Susan Collins, a senator, looked very upset. I don't know what it was, but throughout the entire thing, she just looked so disappointed, so upset about everything that was said. I just found it hilarious and noted it. And then the next issue was immigration. Because, again, another just disaster of Biden's campaign was that they wanted to keep people from stop drugs, stop illegal drugs from entering the U.S. Granted, pretty fair thing. Drugs bad. Drugs are bad, especially illegal ones, because those can't be taxed. And then the next one was reuniting families. That's been a criticism of the U.S. Border Patrol, the U.S. border system for decades, that people get divided, families don't see each other. And helping refugees was a very big one. That people fleeing should be of utmost priority when coming. And then, mostly, this was about unity, keeping everyone together. But at this point, he started losing a lot of Republicans. And even some Democrats. Because the next couple issues he had were a bit controversial. He said, the women's rights. Okay? Abortion. The next issue was abortion, which you could hear some booing in the background throughout this. If I'm not going insane, you could hear booing. Because this is still a very controversial issue now. It's just ridiculous to me that this is an issue. Why is the government controlling people's lives? Okay, um, anyway, on to the next one was... Equality acts for trans people. If you've been paying attention in the news recently, all kinds of state governors have been passing laws against trans people. A lot of them have just been banning them from sports, which in my mind makes no sense. Do you guys not have better things to do than ban kids from playing sports in high school? Don't you have jobs? Shouldn't you be, like, helping stop crime? Building the country better? Mm-hmm. No idea. Maybe they're just that petty or stupid or something. But then, you know, th he said that they wanted to pass acts against those, which I'd say that definitely goes against equality. Definitely not very equal to discriminate against someone because of how they identify. Also, mostly, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting so off track by this. I really hate those. I'll probably make something soon. I will probably do it. 
I don't know why every time I do this, I'll won't upload for bare. I'll barely upload in two months. Okay, and then I'll suddenly just have like seven ideas to do in a month, because I've already got two planned this month and a couple more. But now that he realized he was starting to lose people, he wrapped it back up with the unity, things that everyone could agree on. Beating the opioid epidemic. That has been a problem for a while. Opioids have been abused. Doctors giving them out poorly, I'll say. And then the opioid company should be held accountable, all that. Mental health. Mental health was a big one. Because, again, like I said earlier, that was one of the things that he brought up that um, COVID had done for opening schools. Mental health was awful for students. Because they had spent a year isolated. Online learning was awful. You could not interact with other people. You could not. You sat there for a little bit. Honestly, most people didn't pay attention. You had your camera off, you had your mic muted, you were just, you might not even be there. I'm pretty sure one person had a still image of them and just didn't care. They Either that or they sat really still. But it was not good for anyone. And then they said to help this with, <coughs> excuse me, holding social media companies accountable for multiple law violations, preying on children, tracking their data, take and stopping that, which is just a pretty good thing. Uh, and then we had supporting veterans. They should be, their families should be helped. They serve the country. They put their lives on the line, put their bodies in front and honestly, I'd say most veterans do not get, a lot of veterans do not get treated well. I think it's 11, 11, I could be completely wrong, I'm just remembering this off the top of my head, 11 veterans commit suicide every minute? That could be totally wrong, but, or it might be hour or day, but veteran suicide is higher than the average much higher. So, that's... Oh, what? Don't know what that was, but... Anyway. It's very not good that veterans are treated badly. So they started saying that we should help them provide for their families. And all of that. And then this one was the most ambitious to me. Ending cancer. Now, when I first heard that, that caught me very off guard. Very off guard. Because I've known people who've gotten cancer. I've known people who've died of cancer. It's a terrible disease. But when you say end cancer, the second leading cause of death in America, that immediately raised my eyebrows. I was like, that seems a bit ambitious. Like, limiting cancer, kind of slowing it down. Ending cancer, very ambitious. But, then, he starts explaining it, which, 
I'd say is pretty nice. More support for technologies. Helping companies get ideas of what to do. And just generally boosting funding for research. Taking it from the second leading cause of death, an absolute death sentence if you get it, to a curable disease that can be lived through and that will just do nothing. Do little to nothing. And then that was the end of his speech. He said goodbye, all that. And granted, I'd say that's pretty good. <clears throat> and now for the um, Republican response. So, the Republican response was led by, or spoken by, Kim Reynolds, of Iowa, the governor of Iowa. And the first thing they start off with was a bold claim. That Biden was holding us back to the 90s. There was rampant inflation, crime, and that the U.S. looked weak compared to its to people. And that we're more focused on political correctness and we're being reactive instead of proactive. Which, a couple of those are fair. The fact that we're being a bit reactive is personally a good thing in my mind, but eh. And then, honestly, this one took a weird turn for me because it was about how... The government was bad. The, the people in the Senate House of Representatives were fuddling their job, kind of failing. And that kind of caught me off guard because not the Democrats in the Senate, not just everybody. So I'm not sure how that would... Honestly, after listening to it, it probably hurt my opinion of the Republicans more than anything. I mean, personally, I don't like either political party. I think they're both lame and stupid. But anyway, it agreed with a lot of points. Like, they both agreed on same things while arguing... Well, they were the Republicans were arguing that they disagreed. Like, they were saying they wanted to actually end inflation. That's that's what Biden said, I thought. And that Biden was disconnected. Aren't aren't most politicians? And it was very anti-billionaire. Aren't aren't most senators and representatives pretty wealthy? It was honestly at that point I'd confirmed it was pretty much anti-everybody. As crime was rampant, they they the governors of the United States would, which apparently, I'm confused to be honest, I was confused by this, they needed, you know, strong action from the governors, not the federal government, but from the individual people, the individuals, they needed strong action, they needed to act strong, and Generally just being a hypocrite, because like, ah uh, yes, the individual, the people should have um, rights, or should have, should be good, they should be happy, they should be healthy, and then just kind of being like, 
but we should be the federal government, which it's like an anarchist running for dict running to be a dictator. You just kind of think about it and it's like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then it said that they needed to reopen schools because it was bad for children's mental health. Did they just not listen to the State of the Union address? Because they're agreeing on multiple key points here. So, I don't know. And that the parents shouldn't have to feel like the villains. They should be... They should be the, uh... I'm sorry, I'm still so confused about what they said. I wrote most of it down word for word. And I still don't understand what happened. But they need parents to be proactive in their child's education. That I'm still confused by that because a lot of Republicans are pro-school choice. So why are you complaining about how the federal government's running their schools instead of just going to a different school? That's, that's the whole point of school choice. That's literally the whole point of school choice. But anyway... They said that the parents should be responsible for the safety of their children. That the government needed to do a better job of being safe for everybody. And that the government needed to stop wasting its money. Like, look at Iowa, who had a three, like 3.9% tax rate. I'll touch on that one in a second. And that... Granted, I probably misheard this one because I wasn't fully paying attention, but it said Republicans had, governors had 17 of the 30 highest employment rates, which I probably misheard, but that sounds about average, or about statistically likely, and the 30, top 30 isn't really a massive, massive statistic like, oh, we were top 30 in the union which is actually below average, and that they need to respect the people, freedom for the people, and honestly, it felt like they were driving political division, like, oh, the Democrats are doing this and this and this, and Republicans are doing this and this and this, which is so much better. Whereas Biden kind of started and ended with, yeah, unity. This person was just like, yeah, we're the be- we're better. We're just better. And then, remember how I said Iowa had a 3.9% tax rate? So I was like, okay, that, that's pretty cool, you know? So I thought, wait a second. I, I knew that certain states had higher, you know, the federal government spends more money than they collect from taxes. So I thought, hmm. I wonder what percentage of the Iowa government's budget comes from the federal government instead of taxes. Well, I found this one from the Iowans for Tax Relief. It was that over half, $8.5 billion compared to $7.9 billion, came from the federal government instead of taxes. So no wonder you have a low tax rate. The majority of your money comes from the federal government. 
But yeah, the federal government should really start cleaning up its money, letting the states go free. You're going to need to more than double your tax rates. More than double. And I'm pretty sure this information is out of date. You were just saying about how earlier you would just slash tax rates in half. So, you want the federal government to stop handing out money. You want people to be free. Yet the majority of your money that's keeping your people free is coming from the federal government. Huh? This one is just so confusing to me. Like, maybe this is just a biased source. Maybe this is a wrong source, but... Most of what I found said that Iowa got more from the federal government than it did from taxes. That, that's pretty confusing. Pretty confusing. So, I still don't know what to do with that. Like, also, one more thing. They were saying about how politicians were pushing on these... I, I'm not sure how exactly f she phrased it, but being hypocrites by not putting, not like forcing children to wear masks and then going out and not wearing masks. And I thought for a second, wait, but didn't the governors, the, the governors were the ones who made mask mandates. The official government never really had an influence on the way people, the way COVID relief was happened. It was up to the states. The states decided what to do. And I just thought, like, the governors were the ones who were disobeying their own rules. The ones who were lying to their people and then just walking away. That's so confusing to me. <laughs> you say, oh, yes, the federal government is so corrupt. Look at all these COVID things that they forced upon us, like closing schools and mask mandates, and you should get vaccines, and that they weren't following them. Granted, there were a lot of people in the Senate and House that didn't follow them. I'm not saying they're innocent. I don't like them either. But... They also, they were also the ones who pushed them onto people. They were the ones making them and then not following them. So, I, I'm confused. Kim Reynolds, please explain. I don't think I understand what's going on here. But anyway, have a good night and I'll see you later. Bye.